0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a little while, but I'm back, baby, and I'm September dates for you Um, So September 5th I'm at the Duchess Bell Pub in Battersea September 11th I'm at the Grafton Pub in Kentish Town Uh, September 12th I'm at the King's Arms in Ealing And on September 13th I'm at the Griffin Bell Pub in Vauxhall Um, My guest today is the wonderful Caitlin Durante Uh, I met her at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival Which is where I recorded this episode Um, So some of the things we talk about may have already happened but that's perfectly fine in this episode we talk about um what her experience been has been being a comic in america and the different comedy scenes that are there whether it be the alt comedy scene or the mainstream comedy scene um how some of the american comics who are quite big right now haven't exactly grown with the times and also a little sitcom called Shit's creek so yeah please give it up for caitlin Durante. Durante! How Hello, are you?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm good, did I say your name right?
1: That's exactly right. Oh jeez, yeah.
0: that's good, that's that's good going.
1: Yeah, most people don't get it right on the first go.
0: Wow, what do you usually get?
1: Uh, Durant, Durant Duranty, Durant.
0: But then then there's an E at the end, which is clearly the A bit. I know. (laughs) I don't understand how people can get... Like, clearly when it's spelled a certain way, I don't understand how they can get...
1: I mean, people just leave out letters. They don't... Yeah, who
0: knows? Unless they're dyslexic, then it's then sure. it's completely understandable. But nine percent of the time, they're not. It's just that they are lazy.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, my family, we grew up pronouncing it Durante, and my family still pronounces it that way. But yeah. But I was, like, graduated from college, I'm like... <laughs> cool now, I'm cultured, I'm yeah. going out into the world, I'm reinventing myself, and so I switched it to Durante. Yeah. Like a bougie
0: asshole. <laughs> like it's crazy how or not crazy but it's weird how when you go to like university or college yeah. that is you try to have a new you do try to have a new persona and you try to because it's, fir- it's your first time, let- well, for a lot of people, it's the first time away from your parents. Right. And so you can be whoever you want to be. Mm-hmm. I find that kind of great, but kind of terrifying at the same time.
1: Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, well, it, this was after college. I was like, I'm moving to New York City, I'm going to reinvent myself. But like, yeah, I mean, yeah. So moved right over there. Yeah, maybe it's quieter.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're in a really big coffee chain right now, and that bit will get edited out, don't no well, Let me grab my jacket. Don't want to leave my jacket behind. Okay, great.
1: No. No. No, new location, new us.
0: Yes, that's it. I'm we've rea- we've reinvented ourselves. Yes, exactly. as we As we were just talking about.
1: My name is now Caitlin Dahl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like, no... No other letters, just like <laughs> I
1: think that's how it's fr- the French pronunciation, don't uh know. yeah.
0: Who knows? Without uh, trying to sound racist, <laughs> but that is a funny accent to do, to be fair. <laughs> so yeah, so how, what, what brought the name change? Like the the pronunciation change, I should say?
1: Well, I don't know, like it's an Italian name, so to pronounce it Durante, I feel like it's just such a like a, an American bastardization yeah. of. The name, and and it's just like everyone who I met for the first time, like outside of my hometown, just assumed it was Durante. Yeah. So I was like, that sounds way better. Yeah. And I just, yeah, so I just went with it.
0: And And to uh, be fair, it does sound better.
1: It does. Durante.
0: Durante. Durante. It sounds very, Durante sounds very uh, Midwestern Bible Belt.
1: Exactly, and I was like, I don't want to be associated
0: with that. Well, I'm so. sure there's some good people in oh, there.
1: Oh, sure, there are many.
0: But. Like and Southern home cooking, come on, you cannot beat it. It's delicious. Yes.
1: Have you been to the states?
0: I have been to the states. Yeah. Um, I've been not to the, not to the Bible but yeah. I've been to Compton, I've been to um, L.A., Florida, Miami, um, and New York. Nice. And um, also, where was it? The mountain. Um, Oh, what's it called? It's, not Rushmore. No, it's near. It's near. It's about two hours out of New York. People are skiing there.
1: Oh, um, the mountains.
0: Where, yeah, there's a lot of maple syrup factories there.
1: Oh gosh, honestly, I have no
0: idea. <laughs> but I've been there. Cool. Like, yeah. Um, it'll come back to me, like yeah. literally, like an hour off. Where talking. are
1: the? Okay, this is a dumb question that I should know. Where are the Ozarks? That yep. is not. They're somewhere in the U.S., but I think it's
0: not that. I have have no, no, it's not that. Okay, yeah. Uh, The only I only know Ozarks because of the TV show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which I haven't even seen. Me neither. Jason Bateman's great, and Uh, I I can't believe that he has survived this long in Hollywood, from being a child star to now.
1: Right. He, I feel like he's made one misstep recently, and I forget what it was. I think like when Jeff Jeffrey Tambor was like outed as like a, a
0: misogynist, misogynist
1: thing. and like transphobe and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think I think he um, Jason Bateman like defended him or something like that. I can't remember. It's so yeah. hard to keep track of all of the you know bad people <laughs> and their <is>. misdeeds. <laughs> it I think there should be like an app where yeah. like it's sort of like like a profile or like you can swipe through profiles of people yeah it's like oh this person is a rapist yeah this person is and here's all their crimes so because otherwise do you know how many
0: things we just wouldn't watch or wouldn't listen to if we knew everything so much we wouldn't we wouldn't leave the house honestly because everyone's got some dark secrets and i think yeah if we knew everything about everyone the, be, world the world would crumble. They would crumble. It would really crumble. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, this is just me thinking as, I'm speak, thinking as I'm speaking speaker. Right yeah. Now, um, it would make it a little bit better as well because they'd have. Well, we'd have to check. Oh, we'd have to check ourselves a lot more.
1: The accountability would. It, yeah.
0: Huge. Yeah.
1: We'd. We'd all. I think hold ourselves more accountable and yeah. hold each
0: other more accountable yeah. for being better people. Yeah, I don't know. But I think the pos- I think that's the positive thing that's come out of all these, all, all the Weinstein's, the, uh, the the alleged Cosby stuff, right, and even the Epstein situation. Yeah, like we are now really working to make sure that we are better people. Or we're working so. to, or we're working to hide it better. Than that those it, is. yeah,
1: you know, it could be either or both.
0: I mean, because there is so much that we don't know. Oh, of course. That it is terrifying. And now that this shit has come out, they, the people above us, must be working double time to like hide to it from hide. us.
1: Yes. I just hope that people continue to feel empowered enough to like out the bad, the yeah. baddies. Um, but it is difficult. I mean, there's so many factors, and in so many different cases, every scenario is different. Yep. So
0: yeah, Oh. <sighs> <Yeah>. Well, like, <laughs> even that, or you get paid enough money to keep quiet. That too. Like basil. Like I found out yesterday, literally that. Um, Bezos is not. Uh, about, no, I knew this this bit before, but there's another bit I'm going to tell you about in a second. Okay. But I didn't know until yesterday. Bezos's wife got 50% of the divorce. Jeff Bezos. Sure. Amazon,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Amazon controls the majority of the cloud shares that um, is in right. is in the world, yep. right? So, and he must have all the, he must have the greatest lawyers in the world, right? Oh, I'm sure, so, yeah, he can afford. He can afford, yeah, like, he did not need to, to give her. buy a lawyer, like yeah. literally
1: buy a person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did not
0: need to give her 50% of the divorce settlement. Right. What does she know uh, that he's trying that he's trying to buy her out, buy her right. silence from? And
1: uh, it can't be that he's like just a generous guy oh, or like a fair not? guy because he is.
0: Of the evil person. He's a piece of shit, <laughs> yeah. but he gave us the but he's But um, his company has um, distributed the marvelous Mrs. Mazel, so I love him. <laughs> and also, same day delivery
1: right there's a lot of good content I on amazon is fleabag an amazon original
0: that's uh, not an amazon original amazon brought it off bbc okay so am i actually it might have been a co-founder of the same thing but yeah. i haven't seen fleabag apparently it's amazing oh
1: it's terrific i almost wish i had picked that instead of Shit's creek now mm. but we'll talk about it.
0: creek uh, london hughes okay. was on uh was on uh fleabag for an episode wasn't she Oh. She's, black She's a black comedian.
1: Probably. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know enough about her uh, to recognize her probably.
0: I saw her show in Edinburgh recently and it oh, was yeah? wonderful. Awesome. How have you found your friends so far?
1: So far so good. I've been here two and a half days. Um, I've done a few shows. I've been to a few more shows. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do some like sightseeing. Over the next few days. Nice. Uh, yeah, this is my first time in Scotland.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And, uh, yeah, I, it's it's wild. It's, it's so unlike any comedy festival in the U.S. Cause there are some that last for a few weeks, but, like, they're maybe they're only on weekends. Yeah. Or maybe it's, like, a competition where, like, you keep advancing. If you yeah. keep advancing, you get to stay. Yeah. But yeah. if you, like get eliminated you go home kind of thing really but most of them are just like a week long maybe over the course of like a weekend mm-hmm. um shows usually only at night maybe there's some like workshops during the day um but it's like a lot of the city won't even know what's happening you know it's not like this a, a festival comes in and like takes over the town like it, it feels like that's what's yeah. happening here kind of thing yeah um yeah, it's just a much smaller scale for the most part for festivals in the U.S. Uh, and I've, been, I've done a fair share of them and it, it never feels like... And, and, you know, there's a whole spectrum. Some of them are, like, really good and industry's there and, like, there's you get a lot of ta- stage time and a lot of shows to do. And other ones, you're like, why did I spend $300 on a flight to do <laughs> seven minutes on <laughs> one show? Uh, <laughs> so... But like here, it, it just the whole other ball game, you know. It just there's shows. Is it 24 hours a day?
0: Yeah. Every day. Yeah.
1: It, like dozens of venues, if not hundreds of venues. It's like. I, I think
0: it stops. <laughs> I think it stops at like four in the mo- three or four in the morning.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, because I think the latest one that I'm aware of is about it goes on to about three o'clock. Yeah. In the morning. Oh my god. But yeah. It's and
1: they start up again what around like.
0: Nine. Nine AM? Yeah, most <laughs> venues. It's Yeah. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Um, three thousand shows, something like that, is that accurate? Yeah,
0: it's about three yeah, three thousand shows. And <laughs> we've had about four million people come there. has been about four million people this year. Oh which my is gosh. bit which is Less than it usually is. So no really? matter how crowded you think it is now, yeah. this is nothing compared to what it used to what it used to be. Incredible. But that's because uh, it's become it, the working class media has bit or working class performance have been out of price because of the rental stuff. Right. Um, yes. Which is why I've signed a petition. I'm making myself sound so great, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, do I don't care. I signed a petition this morning to make to well, for them for. Uh, equity, who um, is sort of the comedian, the comedians, um, un- the comedian and performers union, sure, yeah, um, to check the rental prices, yeah, and that's great, bring down because otherwise, voices voices have just been silenced,
1: right? And yeah. that's
0: not fair.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. And like most comedians I know are not wealthy people, no. and in fact. Uh, 99% of them of the ones I know at least are struggling yeah and yeah could like my friend is doing a month long run here really who's here your, your friend Jamie Loftus she's so. doing a show called Boss Who Was Girl
0: oh I've heard of it
1: yeah it's terrific I just saw it I've seen it when she like uh, she did it a bunch to like polish it in Los Angeles Yeah. and I saw it a few times there and then I just saw it last night here at Fringe and like she just made some, like, awesome changes, and it's just... It's so terrific, but, um, yeah, she's doing... She's, she's staying here for the month, renting a flat that's, like, a bazillion dollars, because, uh, like, that was all that was available. Yeah. And uh, I'm staying on her couch, and I'm, like, going to chip in for the week that I'm here just to try to help alleviate the cost, but, I mean, yeah, it's, it's truly not... I mean... I guess people just like jack up the the rent for this month by some huge amount
0: and yeah, yeah
1: not good. Uh, not
0: okay. I heard some. I heard from a friend that um, what cafes and stuff do, the independent ones, they'll jack up the prices by about twenty percent. Oh. What a fridge. Fair enough though, because we are willing to pay them. We are willing to pay for all of this. <laughs> sure. And.
1: I mean, but it's basic economics, right? Like, is. the demand is there, they own the supply, they control the supply, yeah. so they can control, you know, the market. I don't know, it's been decades since I've taken economics, but it's, yeah, it's like, sure, if you can take advantage of a situation without, like, gutting people yeah. for, like, all their worth, I understand that, but, but like, I mean, yeah, the, the rent thing especially is prohibitive. You
0: know? Yeah. And also the cost to hire venues. If you're even if you're like, even if you're part of the free fringe like I am, yeah, um, that would still cost you about um, your show for about about 300 quid to get into the to get to the brochure.
1: Oh, uh, whoa!
0: Yeah. Luckily, I'm, I'm doing a three up, so yeah. I mean, it's not too expensive, it's not too bad for me, but...
1: Meaning got, you're splitting it with... Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, the comics. Got it. But then you got to pay for flyers, you've got to pay yeah. for posters, it's just...
1: Do you have to rent out the
0: venue, or no? It's all kind of... In, in, yeah! yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's all... It's all very mishmash. Sure. It's all very mismatched. To be honest, I have, because uh, one of the people I did it, I'm um, doing it with this year, has done it twice before, I kind of left the finances to to him. Okay. But next yeah. year, if I went, I'm almost definitely going to do it again because, yeah, it's yeah, been an amazing experience, but I'm going to have to look a little bit deeper into myself.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: So um, into your pockets, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, what got you into comedy?
1: Um, I... I I don't even know <laughs> anymore. It's been I've been doing comedy about ten years. I started technically in New York because I was living there. I hated my job. I had been told that I was a funny writer in college. I took some like creative writing classes, and some people like you're a, my teachers were like you're a funny writer. You should do something with this. And uh and then for a while I any like just rando guy that would like come up to me and hit on me at a bar. Okay. I would like make up a fake persona about myself and just lie about everything to get them away from me so I started telling people that I was a comedian and then I was like well they're never like not believing me when I say (laughs) this if this is believable maybe I should just do it so (laughs) um and I mean like of all the like media I consumed as as a kid like comedy was my favorite thing I didn't watch that much stand-up but like film TV like I loved anything um, you know with a comedic tone Yeah. so I was like fuck it I'm just gonna let's give it a try so I took a class a stand-up class so do I nice very good uh, in New York and um, mostly because I was like I just want to make some friends I don't really know anyone here my friends who I do know are like way too busy everyone works like 80 hours a week So I took this class hoping that I'm like, oh, I'll just meet some funny friends. And that didn't happen. But but I did, like, that, like, kind of quenched my thirst for, like, just getting involved with comedy. Like that, uh, what What my appetite is, the thing that I'm trying to say. And, um, yeah, so I was like, oh, I should just keep doing this. And then it took a while for me to, like, really immerse myself into, like... Because, you know, when you first start out, you kind of have to grind pretty hard
0: and
1: go to open mics a lot. Still do, yeah. yeah, still do. Um, But I wasn't, like, willing to do that right away. Or, I don't know, I was, like, busy. And so it took me a little while to, like, really dive in. But then when I moved to Boston, um, I was better about, like, working harder on the craft and all that stuff. Uh, And then I, I came up in the Boston comedy scene. Um, And then I moved to L.A. five years ago. I've been doing comedy all throughout my time there.
0: What's the L.A. comedy scene like?
1: Oh, it's huge.
0: I can imagine.
1: (laughs) It's good. Um, There are things to like about it. There are things to not like about it, as I'm sure is the case with any scene. But, um, I mean, it's enormous. There's uh, no shortage of... Shows and open mics I would say on any given night there's between 40 and 50 of each um, and there are thousands of comics vying for all of those spots yeah. so uh, stage time kind of depending on who you are is either easy or hard to get <laughs> um, it's there are a bunch of because the scene is so huge because the city is so huge and there's so many comics there are like smaller sub scenes within it, so you'll have, like, your alt comics, and then some of them are, like, kind of specific to certain venues, you'll have your, like, club comics, and, like, your comedy store people, and then your Laugh Factory people, like, and your stuff jo- like that. Yeah, is, your
0: Joey Diaz's, your Joe
1: Rogan's, right, or Right, right,
0: right. So, the says, yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, you've got all that, and then you're also, because, yeah, there's, like, so many famous people in LA, so you're vying for, you're, like, you're competing for stage time yeah. with, like, people with a million TV credits and stuff like that, so... It's just hard, and it could be disheartening sometimes. Um, But it's good. I mean, I've I've definitely grown a lot. Like because I, there were so many really good comics there, Mm. and I was already five years in when I moved there. But I was like, oh man, I need to like step up my game. I need to like work harder at this, write better jokes, all this stuff. Um, So it like made me a stronger comic. Mm. Um, And then I also felt more comfortable like I I ended up running a comedy venue which is now closed but I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, like The Meltdown or Nerd Melt but it was um, a a beloved alt comedy venue in LA and uh, I I ran it for about two years so I did like the program directing kind of the artistic directing and I uh, hosted and like ran a few shows of my own there um, and it, it it afforded me opportunities to like Meet comics who I wouldn't have otherwise like probably had the chance to meet and stuff like that. At least at like my level. Yeah. Um. So that was great. Uh. And while I was like running that, uh, I was like doing tons of shows and it was great. And then it closed down about a year and a half ago. And then I don't <laughs> do as many shows. Yeah. Um. But no, it's it's been it's it's a wild monster of a comedy scene.
0: Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. it I reckon what happens there a lot more than what happens here is that you'll be doing a you'll be doing like an open mic, yeah, and you someone who's got a lot more TV credits where will come in to work on some stuff, and then you'll get bumped.
1: Um, sometimes, usually, so what happens is that comics like that who are like you know they've got credits, they're working on new material, they'll use of like a medium-grade show as an open mic basically yeah. so a show that i'm like really looking forward to and i'm like i can't believe i finally got booked on this this is great this is like high stakes for me this is awesome um like a famous person will get booked on that show and basically just use it to try out their new stuff so they do not even go to open mics yeah. mostly uh they just use like showcase type shows where you know like 8 comics each get, you know, anywhere from, like, 7 to 12 minutes kind of thing. They'll do their set, but they're like, yeah, this is... I'm trying out new stuff. And because they're such seasoned comics, like, them working out new material is still funnier than, like, most stuff. But, uh, yeah, getting bumped doesn't happen as much as you'd think. Um... Which is nice. Yeah. Sometimes it does. And in, 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 in certain circles and certain scenes and certain clubs and stuff like that, I'm yeah. sure it, it happens more than I'm aware. But, yeah, um, yeah it, I think people tend to be a bit more... Respe- I, mean, I think that probably was a problem of the past. Uh, yeah. And then everyone's like, well, this is shitty. Can we stop yeah. doing this? And then
0: yeah.
1: it stops. Like,
0: uh, that's, that's great that it's sort, yeah. of, that's sort of stopping. Because I just remember hearing stories of Chappelle going on. Like, oh
1: sure.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I like, just turned, and um, this is Gary Owen telling the story. But he was yeah. meant to go on, and he said, and he turned up to the comedy store, I believe it was, on a Laugh battery, and, these, yeah. and they said, and they said, right, Chappelle's on. He was like, okay, I'm gonna go get some food. Uh, I'm gonna go get some food. Yeah. Right? He comes back about two hours later. He's
1: still on. He's still on. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, that probably so. With the Comedy Store and, like, Laugh Factory, um, I don't... That's, like, not my scene, really. No. I do the more, like, alt thing. Cool. So there's probably bumping there that happens. Um, so if anyone's listening to this and, like, you idiot, Caitlin, people <laughs> get bunked all the time in L.A. Yes, uh, that yeah, so probably does happen. It just is in scenes that I'm not yeah. really a part of. Fine. So.
0: So, that's alright. So what got you into the alt-comedy scene? Or just, Actually, no, describe the alt-comedy scene. It doesn't really... We don't really have one here, don't oh, I don't think. Oh, interesting. Can, I can name a couple of comedians I'm friendly with who I'd probably consider alternative. Okay. But, like, an alternative comedy scene, like, I don't think there really is one. I think there's just the comedy scene. See, I
1: would describe... Well, from my perspective... Probably pretty much everything that's happening at Fringe, I would consider to be
0: alt. Really?
1: Yes. And th- so, w- at least in in the U.S., I suppose, like, club, comic, club comedy versus alt comedy is, like, I don't know. I, well, I'm going to sound, I'll probably, like, um, sound like I'm shitting on club comedy. Club comedy just I think tends to appeal to a broader audience and sometimes a perhaps less progressive audience or just a more traditional kind of thing. Whereas alt comedy I find to be just more I think it's just the more subversive, um, more progressive comedy. So it's not as though like I don't think like. I think a, a comic doing just, like, going up and just doing straight stand-up can still be alt. Like, it doesn't have to be some, like, hugely, like, clowning or, like, yep. you get naked on stage and do yep. something great. Like, it doesn't have to be anything, like, wildly, wildly subversive. It's just, you know, maybe just a little bit more nuanced okay. than, like the type of jokes where it's like, oh, my wife, what a stupid I hate her, how about that airplane food, da, 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 like, stuff like that, um, so that's just my, kind. Com- that's how I define, like, club versus um,
0: You know, a com- you know a comics lost, lost their touch when they start talking about the airplane food, the airplane riser, yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. and it's like, oh, so literally all you do it are, like, you're on the road you're flying the only thing you have to write material about is like hotels and airplanes Yeah. and so yeah <laughs> good for you that you've made it this far yeah. but your material isn't relatable yeah
0: <laughs> that's why I kind of respect people like Kevin Hart Joe Rogan uh, Whitney Cummings yeah. and who us, uh, Christina Pasitsky, because they're always doing different things to yeah. make, they're, not like, they're being regular oh, people in the this uh, uh, as, as sure. well as doing everything else they do, they're doing other things to actually make themselves more relatable to the, the Commodore, like all right, the rest of us. Right, like us. Like us. <laughs> so, sure. how does the comedy scene in LA compare to the ones in Boston and New York?
1: Um, I can't speak too much to the New York scene because while I technically started there, I basically moved away. As um, quickly as you could. As quickly as I could. I was like, oh, the quality of life here is not great, so I'm leaving.
0: But Uh. Seinfeld lives there! (laughs) And Gaffigan lives there! I
1: mean, the quality of life for them is great because they're millionaires. Oh, yes. If you are not a millionaire, it's a struggle. (laughs) Um, But... So yeah, the, the scene in New York, I think, is similarly big to LA. From what I understand, people, it's stage time isn't quite as hard to get there, um, and you can tend to like do a bunch of different shows in a night. Where because LA is so huge and sprawling, um, and you have to like drive everywhere, it's it's harder to like make it to different shows. Um, but Boston, I can speak on more authority. Um, it's changed considerably since I've left. I think. When I was there, uh, it was kind of run by these like kind of like old the old dogs of Boston comedy. Oh, nice. Like, and they were these like gatekeepers who like were really reluctant to kind of let any newcomers in, or you had to be a certain type, which was. Mostly straight well, straight cis white men. straight white white men. Okay, cool. And if you weren't that, they didn't really want you around. Um, and I like was kind of blind to that for a while. I like I was really I was like, No, but the Boston scene's really welcoming and I this is great, I have so many friends and looking back I'm like, that wasn't the case at all. What was no. I thinking? Um, I just had my head in the clouds for some reason, but um it has gotten considerably more just more welcoming I think and like progressive and you know more diverse uh, since I left uh, which is great. yeah um, but yeah I don't know there's yeah. there's so many so many scenes in the US and they're all've they've, they've each got their little little thing about them.
0: <laughs> so what's your writing process like?
1: for jokes? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, usually I'll, like, be mulling over an idea in my head for yeah. a few weeks or months. Yeah. And I'm like, there's something funny about this. And then, like, usually, like, I'll be in the shower and I'm like, oh, this is the joke. This oh. is the punch. Or, like, this is how this is how I can do this. So, it's, for, yeah, for me it's a lot of, like, mulling and then, like, snap, suddenly I have it. Um, other times I'll, like... I'll have an idea, like, that day, I'll write it down, I'll tell the joke, and it's bad, but then I keep, I'm like, there's still, the nugget is there, the funny thing, so I'll just keep working on it, changing different things, and then it'll, like, evolve over the course of time into something that is, that people laugh at. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I, uh, there's a few different approaches I tend to take, but yeah, it's usually just, like, or the third thing is, um, I'll... I'll just be talking to friends and I'll like loudly shout an, a stupid opinion and some so my friend will be like, oh is that a bit? Like, <laughs> no, not yet. No, like it should be. We're like put that yeah. in your set. So yeah. uh, I've gotten jokes that way. But yeah. yeah, I'd say mostly it's just kind of like mulling, a lot of mulling.
0: Yeah, like how about you? I think uh, well, how I start, I've I've kind of now got an off for how I want to do a show next year's anymore. Yeah. So what I'm now trying to do is remember stories from my childhood and pick the funny bit, fit the funny fits oh, out, sure. uh, out of those. So because I was born in nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Um, my art uh, is everything that happened between from 1991 to 1999, uh-huh. and then next year I want to have someone who was born in the two um, was who um, can do from 2000 to 2010, and someone who can do from 1980 to 19, 1980, 1990. Sure. So I want to have a three that de- I want to have three that de- uh, we love these uh, sort of a, like a we love the three these three decades.
1: Okay. And it's yeah. gonna be
0: like stories from us growing up <laughs> from these times. <laughs>
1: Gosh, the person who would have been born in like the 2000s, they'd have to be such a young comic.
0: Or... or uh 1990 or, like, 1998 or 1997. Sure. So they don't have to have... Their, their memories will be from the 2000s, right. yeah.
1: Okay, so they'd be, I guess, like, 2021. 20, yeah. I keep forgetting that it's, like, 2019. Yeah. So I'm like, it's, oh, right, people born in 2000 are 19 years old right now. I
0: know, now. it's terrifying. <laughs> like... <laughs> There's no more teenagers from the nineties anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: Sorry, what year were you born?
1: Eighty-six.
0: Eighty-six. Okay, cool. Like, it's weird to think that like that everyone from the nineties is in their twenties is almost in their twenties. Wild. (laughs) And it used. I remember when forty used to be old, but it's not. It's not, not anymore. anymore. No, no, no.
1: no, no. You're what, 28? 28, yeah, 28. Um, yeah, yeah. Wait till you're 33, and then you're like, oh my god, 40 is not too far on the corner.
0: <laughs> no, but it's still considered young now. Yeah. Like, that's it's great. Sure. But at the same time, I I I can't believe that we. It's amazing that we have got this far. Like we've improved so much. Right. the life expectancy has gone
1: up for that, and culturally things are shifting pretty drastically too where like at least like in the area I grew I grew up in like a very small rural town in nice. Pennsylvania um, and what you would do is you would maybe go to college um, if not you would generally get married to your high school sweetheart when you were uh, 18, 19, 20 you start having kids right away and by the time you were 45 you might be a grandparent yeah, by then uh, kind of thing, so, but, uh, you know, there's been this cultural shift where, and that still happens to some extent in some areas, but, um, you know, people are waiting, waiting longer and longer to have children and start families, if they decide to do that at all, a lot of people go through various, like, you know, different career shifts, where they change careers, they go back to school, so you can still have, like, somewhat of a, like, youthful, like, what am I even doing with my life yeah. when you're 40? Of course, <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, it's I like that because as, a, as someone who m- intends to never have children and who still barely has my life together, and, you know, I'm. I'm in my mid thirties, I'm like, all right, this e- this would have used to have been like looked down upon.
0: Yeah.
1: But now I'm still cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean you're not in your mid thirties yet, yeah.
1: you're thirty three, I mean I'm almost there.
0: Your your early thirties.
1: Uh,
0: you, okay. Yeah. Thirty four <laughs> so Thirty four to thirty six is mid thirties, thirty seven five 37 to 39 thirty nine is late thirties. True.
1: I'm in my late early thirties. How about that?
0: I'm in my very late twenties.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm in my early Yeah, you're um,
1: in your late late 20s. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm hanging <laughs> on there by a Right. <laughs> so, what's been your best gig and your worst gig so far? At
1: Edinburgh or just
0: in, in general? general? In like,
1: general. Oh gosh. Oh my god. Um, probably one of my worst gigs. I did one of, I think the first time I ever did 15 minutes. I was only a few years into comedy, uh, and I got booked on a show in, like, central Massachusetts, which was, like, I think it's some sort of, like, veteran's lodge. Oh, God. So the crowd was um, mostly conservative, mostly middle-aged, and I went up and did a bunch of jokes about, like... I mean, my material wasn't as feminist back then as it is now, but it was, like, I mean, just, beca- like, be- I was, like, I didn't even know what I talked about or what I did. I think I talked about, like, Star Wars and Jurassic Park a lot. Nice. Which you think they would have enjoyed, but they didn't. They hated me. And I think I got uh, next to no laughs. I did get paid. Okay. 60 bucks for it, but uh, I didn't do well. Okay. <laughs> it was really bad. I've never, I haven't had a situation where I've been, like, horribly heckled ever really like I've gotten like like little bits pieces of heckling here and there but nothing to the point where I was like booed off stage kind of thing but yeah something like that where it was just like a demographic that like just wasn't going to like me or I didn't really know how to I mean part of it is like I didn't know how to play to them either like I didn't have enough material that I could have like adjusted and like oh here's yeah. here are the jokes I wrote that are more suitable for this crowd I didn't have anything like that to that at that point so uh, you know it was just it was uh it was me bombing pretty hard <laughs> Oh god
0: um
1: as far as my best gig Oh gosh, I don't know, I tend to focus, I'm a a pretty pessimistic person, you know, glass half empty kind of gal, Yeah. so I tend, if something goes well, I tend not to like, remember it or dwell on it, very much, I'm I'm much more likely to remember the bad thing, so honestly, classic comic, right, (laughs) exactly. So, I mean, I've had plenty of, like, really great sets that I felt good about. I can't tell you where they were, when they were. Yeah. I just remember being like, oh, that was good.
0: good but good. you're always thinking Sorry. about what could you have done better,
1: what, right? How I could do it better,
0: yeah. yeah. And um, what you missed out in that, in that set to make it better.
1: Right.
0: you never focus like, we're never focusing on... Because on the good. On, the, on the just the good. Yeah. But I think in a way that's kind of healthy because then that keeps us, like...
1: Keeps us
0: always wanting to get better. Yeah, and it keeps the grammar, and it keeps the man like, like, working properly. Yeah, yeah. And that way we don't get stagnant. No, not We're not always much. looking to improve ourselves. And I think that some comics have uh, gone a bit, like, I've gone a bit lazy Nobody sure. is. Like, they've got the success and they think, okay, I can just do this, I can just do this now, I've got the, uh, I've got the money. Yeah. And people are going to love me no matter what. Right. <laughs> like, uh, maybe, I don't know, I've heard that Seinfeld, I've heard that Seinfeld is a bit hit, is coming bit hit on this reason. I, I have, I've
1: seen a clip of him, like, absolutely bombing.
0: Really? <laughs> so, yeah, they're
1: like, he was... Bo- he was. I think he maybe, like, forgot a joke or something like that. And I have done that many times. So, yep. like, it, it happens. But, like... I mean, I have a... I mean, this is a controversial statement coming from old Caitlin over here. I don't like Seinfeld. right? <laughs> uh, I liked the show at the time. Or yep. You know, the show. But I don't know. I, I think he's gotten so... Out of touch. He's one of those guys that's like, PC uh, culture is ruining comedy. And that's a very old white man uh, stance to take. And uh, I couldn't disagree more. I think that some of the funny... And like, the whole idea of like, PC culture is... I think, punching down to just, like, progressive, diverse, inclusive comedy, um, so, like, that has a negative connotation to it, like, the idea of, like, PC and stuff like that, um, which, uh, I don't know why, because it's, I mean, can it go too far? Sure. Uh, because part of comedy is, like, you know, pushing boundaries and being subversive and exploring, you know, taboo topics. Um, but there's a way to do that where you're not, um, like, punching down to marginalized people and, and stuff like that, which is a lot of what, like, these, like, older white dude comics like to do, and that's how they they built a career around that. And then when those marginalized people have risen up and doing are the, doing their own comedy, and it's like, hey, it's not, like, it's... I
0: don't
1: know. What? Like, um, I just... Not, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm just, uh... I'm trying to, like, put this in a way where I'm not like, I fucking <laughs> hate straight white men. Um, but... Yeah, it's just a matter of, like... I'm so glad that comedy has, is becoming a thing where it, it's, uh voices that hadn't been, that had been quieted before are being amplified, people are being given a platform to talk about their experience, because for the longest time, comedy was a straight white man's
0: game.
1: And now that we have so many uh, comics who are women, queer, uh, people of color, yeah. people with disabilities, like again, voices that hadn't been heard before, and then yeah. these people are coming and talking about their experiences and, yeah. and and telling some of the funniest jokes I've heard in my life and doing yeah. the funniest sets I've ever seen and like such good material. Uh, it just makes comics like Seinfeld and the material that they're doing feel so dated, and the fact that they're like complaining, like, "Oh, I can't do colleges anymore because these snowflakes are just too sensitive," and yeah. and then, "Oh, they won't like," in his face, and he's like, "No, you're just punching down to the people, and that's not okay anymore." so yeah.
0: that's my stance on that i can understand why he doesn't want to do why he doesn't want to do colleges because they're not his they're not his audience like, yeah not pro- anymore I mean, they're not his audience anymore and then that's yeah, under, that's perfectly fine right and i don't think that pc culture is taken over comedy yeah. at all. Um, i think the, uh, like you said there's a lot more voices. But I think there's still a place for the signpa for the in that in the world. It's just not exactly with the younger generation maybe, sure. not, maybe not with the younger generation. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. And people still pay to see people still pay to see him.
1: Oh yeah, I mean still one of the richest comedians uh, are you still
0: people are going that's, yeah that's fine yeah people want yeah I mean how else would he like, have, be able to afford to have all those cars <laughs>
1: right
0: and to have all those guests yeah. on his on his TV show which I which I absolutely love by the way oh uh, comedians
1: cars, and cars getting coffee yeah
0: haven't seen it <laughs> have well why would you you know <laughs> it's right. like but he's had a lot of, he's had a lot of progressive people on the show to be fair he's had but, and then said uh, what's her name, uh, Kate McKinnon, oh, He said, sure. uh, uh, Ellen, Dege- Ellen DeGeneres, sure. whether you say she's progressive or not, it's debate, right. very debatable, <laughs> because, yeah, she's, some things got leaked very recently about her, actually. Oh, like what? Uh, that she was willing to do anything just to ensure that Hillary got in, uh, Hillary got in, uh, it's power.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Which <laughs> is think. like, yeah, it's a bit questionable. Sure. But okay, whatever. That's I'm not gonna get into the politics or whatever else. Yeah. That's not what this is. That's not what this is all about. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think even though you, and people say that he, he won't do, he won't, he won't do politics, this PC College has taken over in on this I think he has made some slight strides, like he's listened to people who have said okay there the weren't enough people of colour and were women yeah. on the show on the show before he's listened to them and instead of um, going two fingers up he's actually brought more people onto the show who are that's different good. who are different generations.
1: I always appreciate people willing to listen and change and progress
0: that's so. it even at 60 to be fair we're getting a joke at 67 like,
1: right
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah I yeah
1: yeah, but so, uh, yeah, that's, that's all we can help in people that they're it. willing to listen.
0: Oh, that's kind of humbling though that he bombed. Because when we do it now, it's like, okay, even the greats bomb.
1: Yeah,
0: everyone yeah. bombs. <laughs>
1: everyone bombs, everyone forgets jokes.
0: That's everyone it.
1: Everyone struggles here mm. and there.
0: Nah. <laughs> How have you found the shows here oh, in America?
1: Really good. Um, I tend not to see. Um, like one-person yeah, show so kind of yeah. thing, like one-woman, one-man show kind of thing. Uh, there just aren't that many of them in um, the U.S. So the fact that I've gotten to see a few now and, and experience this like kind of new medium of comedy or performance, like that's been really cool. Because when I was like running the comedy venue and, and just you know doing shows in L.A., it's just it's usually just the same thing over and over again. It's a showcase of know, six or eight comics, yeah. each doing, like, some amount of time, some of the shows have a hook where, you know, you gotta do something goofy, or, yeah. you know, you're only doing new material, or you're doing, you know, yeah. maybe you're improvising your yeah. set or something, but, like, a lot of them are just straight stand-up, and that gets pretty old, <laughs> especially yeah. if you're doing it all the time, so it, it's it's nice to see other mediums, and, uh, and just, yeah, see the other perspectives, I mean... UK comedy is different from US comedy. I'm sure Scottish comedy is different from London. Like, you know, oh like yeah, there's you know there's all these yeah so How different sensibilities.
0: That's that's yeah. interesting because so I was speaking to a comic that with Boitox play yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the differences between UK comedy and US comedy. Yeah. What do you think the differences are?
1: Oh god. Well, I I would say I'm probably not familiar enough with a lot of UK comics to um, speak to this with a whole lot of authority but well, anyway, that's I, what I, think. That, yes! I love it. <laughs> I'm just gonna bullshit my way through everything. Um I feel like you Well, I don't know. U.S. comedy, at least, like, the stuff I tend to watch is very, like, joke-oriented. It's just, like, joke, set-up punch, set-up punch. Yeah. Um, whereas, I feel like U.K. comedy tends to be more fluid or, like, a longer bit. Like, I remember... Um, What's his name? Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein, uh, yeah. Yeah, he came. He's
0: big in America now, isn't he?
1: He's pretty, pretty decently, yeah, I think so. Um, but he would, he yeah, he come to the U.S. and he would um, try to get spots in the venue I run, and uh, I'd, I'd tell him to like, oh, come to my open mic. It's three minutes, uh, and I'll def i like give you a spot because otherwise it was like a lottery. You'd have to like get chosen. Yeah. I was like, I'll give you a spot. And he's like three minutes. I don't have any bits that short. And I'm like, oh, because I could fit like six jokes into a three minute set because I'm doing like quick setup, like a lot of like one liners and stuff like that. So I don't know. I feel like it's there's just something about the like the sets and the material UK comedy that maybe and again. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about.
0: That's but like fine. <laughs> that's the beauty of this. None of those people. No, no, n- no. None of the people I have on this podcast know no. what we're talking about. Right. That's why I'm doing I'm, I'm
1: right at home. Yeah. So that's my impression. that like, yeah, it's just like maybe like longer bits, more fluid, um, maybe like less joke oriented. That's my impression. So.
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's right. Uh, so I kind of agree, actually.
1: Okay. So it's, oh, it's bit, so, so it's
0: a bit more like so you think that we're a bit more storytelling wise. I think more like so. wise. Yeah. That's interesting. That's good because you're a second you you're a second U.S. comic to sort of agree with that. Okay. Uh, both thought that we were a bit more just both thought we were uh, just more about our wordplay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wordplay and then. You, uh, like, UK comedy, I think is... I think it just tends to be more dry, and, I mean, you know, famously, you know, there's the br- dry British humor kind of yeah. thing. So, like, I think that apply That crosses over to stand-up, yeah. too, where, like, I don't know, a lot of US comedy, some of it's dry, but, like, a lot of it's, like, way more animated, yeah. or just, like, way more high-energy kind of thing, um but I mean I, I like a lot of I n- if, in fact if you could re- recommend any solid British UK comics
0: um, sorry check for out um, I don't know enough I think Sarah Pascoe um, John Bishop uh, Reginald B. Hunter okay um, yeah, I don't
1: know any of these
0: people this will give you an excuse to listen back yes, to it yes exactly um, <laughs> Reginald B. Hunter um, Nathan Caton, okay. um, um, I'd probably say Stuart Goldsmith, Ahir Shaw, uh, both who had shows here who I want to see, they were both great. Eddie Azad, Ed Byrne, um Shacky Kosandi okay. um, mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, Catherine Ryan, even though she's American. Like, she's one oh, of us now. Oh, good. Yeah, she's <laughs> one of us now. But, oh, yeah, and maybe Jimmy Carr, if you like a bit of...
1: Jimmy Carr I'm familiar with, and Eddie Izzard I'm familiar with. But everyone else, yeah, those are all new people to me, so I'll check them out. Oh,
0: yeah. oh Stuart
1: Lee, I've heard is all Stuart also great. Lee,
0: yeah. Um, the comedian's comedian. Um, and, um, what's his name? Uh, I can't of his name. I, forgot, I can't of the name now, but... Oh, well, yeah. But, but, yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, there's a lot and it's it's, it's insane yeah. the right, the differences between the comedy circuits like despite being the same medium.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's such a I wonder if anyone's done like a deep dive like study into like different comedy scenes and circuits across different like continents and countries and because like you would think that like oh like English speaking comedy it must I, all be kind
0: of the same but I, they're like no I think they did because they did and Netflix has got the comedians of the world now does not it
1: Oh I haven't seen that yeah I'll have to check that out a, It's
0: got different comics from different countries so I think the US you yeah, had Neil Brennan okay
1: yeah and I know. a couple
0: of it and some other people then some from maybe other European countries yeah. and yeah and Africa or Jamaica well
1: yeah
0: yeah I haven't watched either but it sounds cool <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: because he, I mean, like, culture is going to influence, like, comedic sensibilities, right? So, like, how is whatever a certain culture is like is going to dictate what people find funny and, like, what, what, like, comedian sensibilities are going to be like. So, yeah, I just find that so fascinating. I'd love to learn more about that.
0: So, Shit's Creek.
1: Shit's Creek. <laughs> yes.
0: Speaking of great writing. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen too much of the show, yeah. but the bits that the stuff that I've seen, I really, really enjoy. Mainly because I sort of grew up watching Eugene Levy. Yeah. As
1: yeah.
0: Jim's dad in American Pie. Of course. <laughs> and he's never really escaped that role, but that's. He's perfect in literally everything he does. Yeah. is he's great.
1: Right, that was my first entry into his career as well. American Pie. Yeah. Um, and then I he's in a bunch of like Christopher Guest like mockumentaries. Yes,
0: he was. Um, uh, was it Best in Show one of them? Best in Show. Uh, there was uh, the one about the cheerleader. What was it not a no, the mascot thing.
1: Oh, um, it might just be called mascots. Yeah, remember, it's that's it, it. Mascots. Yeah, that's it. Um. Yeah, so he's he's you know done a bunch of like really great comedic yeah. acting. And but he was he, also
0: in the, he was also in the Mary Kate and Ashley movie.
1: Was he really? <laughs>
0: he was in, yeah, he was in New Which York one? Minute. New York
1: Minute? Yeah, the
0: one that actually got released in, in the cinema. theaters? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: I and have not seen Hor- it. And
0: at the box office. Mm, of because course, because everyone's
1: like, I'm not gonna pay for Mary Kate and no, Ashley. they belong
0: straight to DVD and yes. straight to video, <laughs> and they were doing so well there. Yeah. but like yeah. I know.
1: Um, but yeah, he, he a lot of his roles tended to be this like, you know, just very geeky yeah. kind of dude. And then in Shit's Creek, you see you see this like different side of him where one he's like hot. I was like, I never thought I would find Eugene Levy hot, but I'm like, damn, he's like a silver fox in yeah. this. Because he doesn't have the glasses and he's always wearing like these very sharp suits, and I'm yep. like, oh my god, am I attracted to Shirji and Levy? Nice.
0: Um,
1: so that's what, the, and you see this like, this just, this other side of him, like the persona that he's always, that he's mostly put, played in, in other stuff, it's like such a, um, a deviation from yeah. that in, in Shit's Creek. So I love that. Um, I I mean, I, lo- I love the show because I just love seeing rich people being taken down. Yeah. pegs. <laughs> so that's great. I love the characters, even though, like, none of them are people I would ever talk to or be friends with or associate in real life. But I just, I, lo- I, I mean, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. As Moira is just... What a performance! What yeah. a funny, funny, okay. and then like Eugene Levy's son, um, who also co-writes it with him, who co-writes a co-created with him, uh, who plays David Rose. I could watch his face just, just move and talk for hours. Like I could just like if there's just a show where he's just. Talking and smiling and smirking and like just making various facial expressions. I could literally watch that all day. I just, there's something, he has has such an expressive, funny face. I love it. And he's also very attractive, so that doesn't hurt. Um, And yeah, just the side characters, the sister character, uh, Alexis, so funny. Again, not someone I would ever be friends with, but just like that that character is so funny
0: and Chris Elliott is in
1: Chris Elliott is in oh it. my
0: god <laughs> he is he's one of the best character actors yes you I think I think we've ever seen he is a powerhouse yeah yeah like in everything that he's in he owns it yeah he owns it in this whenever he's in a scene so he, um he I remember the first episode where he goes where they're in the motel
1: yeah and he goes
0: <laughs> to use the bathroom right yeah Oh
1: my god. Is I think they toned down his character a little bit from the from the pilot which will sometimes happen like audiences like maybe don't respond. They're like yeah. he was a little he was almost too um uh, <laughs> Yeah. But and I think they toned him down, which I think was was good. But um yeah, he's still his his character is so funny one of my favorite parts of the show is that they live in this, like, small town, not unlike the town I grew up in, like, just a very, like, kind of podunk area, but the people there are so hot, (laughs) like, everyone is wildly attractive, uh, or at least, like, the, like, the younger, like, the, like, um, Alexis manages to find several, like, (laughs) model-level men to date, and it's, like, Okay, I guess sure. I I never saw people like that hot in my town, but there 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 they are. Yeah. Because it's television and people have to be hot. Um, but yeah, so um, there's some nice eye candy for me to look at. But yeah, I mean really, I mean <laughs> more importantly, uh, it's just such a funny show, uh, with such wonderful performances, and um, yeah, it just it's great.
0: I can see why, I can see why, and I think. The father-son dynamic yes. is because it's because they're actually father and son. Yeah. It just makes it such a be- so much a better show because of it. Uh huh. Sure. And they can breathe, and they've obviously grown up. Well, he's obviously grown up. They've grown up together. Yeah. So them bouncing off each other doesn't feel scripted.
1: Right. Exactly. But. And then um, Eugene Levy's uh, daughter plays the Twilight character. Uh, who is like the waitress of the cafe? Yeah. So, like, she um, is like a more of a secondary character, but like, she's there too. So, yeah. like, it's so funny to watch the scenes where, like, um, Eugene Levy's character is interacting with what we know is his daughter in real yeah. life, but like, you know, he's just like taking advantage of her hospitality most <laughs> of the time. And it's just like uh, such a funny dynamic. But, um,. Yeah, it's so well cast, such a such a wonderfully cast show, and uh, yeah, great. So if you haven't it, checked it out, listeners, do it. Check it out. It's, it's on, on Netflix, man. Yeah.
0: Isn't it just been cancelled though, which is really a it's,
1: oh, it, has it? it I am not all the way caught up with it. Okay. Um, but so it might have been cancelled, and so that's heartbreaking. But at the same time, like certain, I feel like show every show has a,
0: a shelf life. Yeah.
1: And some shows went on too long, and it's noticeable, <coughs> so I think, friends, is that, yeah. that was the first one that came to mind. Um, so, I think it's, I think four to five seasons is usually like a perfect yeah. number of seasons for a show, because after that, you know, jumping the shark starts to happen,
0: Literally, Well, if you're happy days, literally Literally, the
1: shark. yeah, exactly. So, um... Right. I think, uh, I think I may also be sad to see it go. But. Yeah. But
0: hey, That's what it. a great four or five seasons we had. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, it's been absolutely yeah. a pleasure talking to you.
1: Likewise. Thanks uh, for
0: having me. Um, where can they find you?
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin Durante, uh, spelled with a C, uh, C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Um, and I have a podcast as well.
0: Yes, um, I was actually going to ask you about that. It's, oh, the, yeah. it's about the American healthcare system, right?
1: So I have that. Yes, I have two podcasts.
0: Right? Oh, you've got two. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Does. So the one
1: you're talking about is called Sludge, um, because I was I was went to the hospital with like horrible abdominal pain, the worst pain I've ever felt in my life, and I um, was told that I probably have sludge in my gallbladder, <laughs> which oh. I was like uh okay can you like test to see number one number two why did you say sludge that's a disgusting word (laughs) i've come i've since found out that it's actually a real medical term which is also why would sludge be a medical term (laughs) anyway so it's but the podcast is about my ongoing struggle of like trying to receive the medical attention (laughs) that i need and because of the like very broken, very bureaucratic bullshit system that we have in the US um, I have been unable to get the medical care I need so far My other podcast that I've been doing for much longer um, is called the Bechdel Cast, named after the Bechdel test, which, if if anyone's not familiar, is a uh, media metric that you apply to like movies, TV um, stuff like that to see if two women are in the movie and if they talk to each other about something other than a man. So it's like a very kind of basic like, are there enough women in this movie? And if so, are they concerned with other things besides the male characters? so it's just kind of like a very like uh like just basic um feminist test that you can apply to something so we took that test and then uh my co-host and I do like a very deep dive into um just like how feminist is this movie so we examine a different movie every week um Jennifer
0: just, Aniston must get roasted in, the, in your.
1: <laughs> I I don't know honestly if we've done uh, any movies that she's been in yet. Um, we yeah we just mostly take like mainstream American movies and yeah just do like a deep feminist analysis of them. And, uh, but we keep it, you know, as funny and light as possible. Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, again, it's called The Bechdel Cast, so if you like feminism in movies, that's the podcast for you, baby. I'll put a link to both of
0: them in the notes.
1: appreciate it.
0: Awesome. right, so where can they find you in Ediprox?
1: Oh, um, let's see, uh, I'm doing a show on, what's today, Thursday, I'm doing a show on Friday The Gong Show. Which one? Um, Luca... Luca Miller.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've done it. It's no. really good fun.
1: Yeah, I, I did it the other night, too. It was really fun. Um,
0: did you and get through? Or did, or
1: did I, I basically asked to be gonged. I was like, Same.
0: I was like, that was a bad joke. Please gong that. Same, yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that he will let you go on. Yeah. He won't gong you. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just lets you go on and he on just, just and on. Yeah, it's great. I was like, I got to the point where I was like, okay, do you know what? Just put your cards up, guys. I forgot Yeah. I was going to up. <laughs>
1: right. Well, yeah, that's what I did. And then um, I'm doing a show called Bumble Me Tinders. Okay. On Saturday night. Nice. And I think that's it.
0: That's it? Yeah. All right. Caitlin, it's been beautiful talking to you. Thank you. Likewise. Woo. Thanks for having me. It's all right.